Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython weekly meeting for June 8th, 2020. Um, <laughs> I'm Scott and I work for Adafruit on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is an embedded version of Python designed for microcontrollers, which are little tiny computers. Uh, and we're, CircuitPython's goal is to make it really easy to get going. Uh, this is our community meeting that we hold every week. Uh, since 2017, so it's been going on a long time. Uh, the goal of this meeting is for everybody within the CircuitPython community to get a feel for what's going on in other parts of this ever-growing community. Um, this meeting happens regularly at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Adafruit Discord server, which everyone is welcome to join at adafru.it slash discord. That will get you in. It's also up in the top bar here. Uh, we'd love to see you during the week, and that's the easiest way to jump in. Uh, we do occasionally shift it from Mondays. Uh, make sure you're in the CircuitPythonistas role to be notified of when that happens. And also check out, there's a calendar that you can add to your calendar um, that will notify you when the, when the meetings are. We basically shift them around US, uh, US holidays on Monday. Um, this meeting is run in five parts. The first part is community news which is a section where we go over a few things that we've seen and uh, do a shout out to the newsletter that, that gets released on Tuesdays. Uh, after community news, we have a section called the State of CircuitPython Libraries in Plinko, which is a kind of statistics objective view of the health of the project and the subparts of Cir the CircuitPython project. Uh, the goal is to give, you, uh, give us all some grounding in the numbers that we think are valuable for the community, so, like metrics grounding in metrics. Um, then after that, we have hug reports. Uh, hug reports is a chance for everybody to take a couple minutes and say thank you to other folks for the work that they've been doing. Uh, this is the first of two uh, sections that we do is a round robin. So I will start and then we'll go through everybody in the uh, video slash voice room on Discord. Um, and if you're lurking, uh, meaning that you just want to listen in, you don't want to actually speak up. Um, that's totally fine. Uh, just let us know you're looking so that we can note it in the notes doc um, so that when I'm going through, I'll just skip over you. Um, in the notes doc, I also put time codes. So uh, if you want to check the meeting out later on podcast services, uh, because it is recorded, uh, you can uh, look at the notes and, and see where the discussion was in particular times. Um, Let's see. So that's hug reports. That's the deal with round robins. Uh, the section after hug reports is status updates. It's a, also done as a, as a round robin. Um, again, let us know if you're lurking. Uh, if you're unable to make the meeting, feel free to put notes in the notes doc and I'll read those off. Uh, so those of you in the chat, be aware that, um, be aware that also we will, uh, I, Mondays, <laughs> um, be aware that we may, uh, like, I may speak up and read off something before you go. So just keep keep an eye out for that. And uh, status updates is a chance for you to talk uh, briefly about what you've been working on and also talk about what you work plan on working on in the coming week. And lastly, our last section is called In the Weeds. This is a very freeform section where we can talk about um, anything, any longer sort of discussions or topics that have come up. Um, if you have a topic for in the weeds, please drop it in the notes doc beforehand so that, uh, once we get there, I can just call on people and, and to introduce their different topics and we can talk about it. 
And then after that, we'll wrap up the meeting. Uh, it's been running uh, over an hour, so an hour to an hour and a half. So be aware of that. If you have to leave before then, uh, feel free to speak up or, or type in the CircuitPython channel that like, hey, I have to leave early. And we're happy to shuffle you around so that we can hear from you. Um, so that is the deal. And uh, as Lucian chose his epic beard. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Uh, we are trying this video thing for the, kind of one of the first times. Um, I think last time we did it uh, two weeks ago, one thing that was working really well is people muting their video until they speak up um, as a way for like my video to show up <laughs> uh, in that meantime. So uh, yeah, with that, uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks for being here. And let's get started. I'll take a time code and talk community news. So um, community news. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I have a question for Katni, actually. Uh, the first item here is uh, CircuitPython needs to Katni on the Real Python podcast. Is it a podcast or is it just the article? Uh, is the question I have for Katni. Um, it's just an article. OK. So um, it says. Uh, it's an inner, yeah, it's an article interview. Okay. So on the real Python this week, Ricky White joined by Katni Rampor, creative engineer at Adafruit Industries. Katni's role is varied as she covers embedded software, hardware design, technical writing, and community community leadership. In the interview, they talk about Katni's work developing CircuitPython and the role mentorship has played in her career to date. She also shares her advice for anyone looking to start the first hardware project using CircuitPython. So there's a really good interview there. I suggest people check it out. I like pulled up, I, I learned about this in the last hour and I was like pulling up my podcast feed and I was like, oh, uh, so excited to hear and uh, read stuff from Katni. Uh, next up, let me take a time code, um, is my own uh, deep dive that I did on Friday. Uh, I did a little bit of discussion about the ESP32S2. I don't know what's with that screenshot. Like, I look kind of like super sad, which I guess uh, if you watch it, you'll see that uh, I do discuss Black Lives Matter a little bit and talk about when I'm doing that. For So there's some voting election calendar related stuff. And I, I think I need to pick Jeff's brain about calendars as well. Um, so check that out. That's on YouTube. And thanks to whomever is posting the, the links there. Um, Geekmob Projects has made a DIY nano leaf sculpture, which looks really cool. Uh, they're triangular PCBs that use side emitting LEDs, which diffuse into a translucent acrylic layer. It's freestanding and modular, assembled by screwing smaller PCB connectors to the back of adjoining boards. On the back, a system of spring connectors and pads on, on each connector and triangle PCBs transmit signal and power. A thin buffer layer of clear acrylic keeps spring connectors from getting crushed. It's all powered by an itsy bitsy M4 Express running circuit Python. Um, and there's a Twitter link there. Uh, next up, uh, there's a somebody has created a pull request. I think this is actually Kmatch98 who just chimed in on the chat. Uh, created a a, an example for a Sparkline de rendering demo using uh, Display.io shapes. Uh, it says the Sparkline class, the Sparkline is a scrolling line graph where any values added to the Sparkline use add value or plotted. Kevin Matocha, um, tell me how to say that, Kevin, if you're on there, um, created a Sparklines example for CircuitPython and Display.io with inspiration from a Hackaday article 
and there's Twitter and GitHub links there as well. Um, last or penultimate, uh, the la second to last thing is we have an Adafruit update. Uh, Adafruit is shipping regular non-emergency orders, uh, but after priority orders are filled, they're also um, not fully staffed. So just make an order. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, but please be patient as well. Uh, because they may not ship quite as quickly. I'm going to make an order today, actually, so uh, we'll let you know as well. And uh, last up, and I forgot to put this in the notes, uh, and I forgot to take a time code, uh, but uh, this is all, um, all this news is thanks to Umbrella and B in the voice chat who puts together all the news that's fit to print for the CircuitPython newsletter each and every week. Um, if you're doing projects with CircuitPython and we haven't been covering you in the newsletter please, please, please uh, reach out to Anne. Uh, and we have a, a GitHub repository where the newsletter is drafted as well. Uh, let us know if the, all the cool projects that you see with CircuitPython so that we can amplify those projects and share them with the audience that we have through the newsletter. So um, Anne just posted her email in there, uh, and you can just send them directly to her. Awesome. And thanks again to everybody. And let's move on to the state of CircuitPython libraries in Blinka. <laughs> Everybody's pinging me right during the meeting. Um, okay. Uh, state of CircuitPython libraries in Blinka. This is, as I said earlier, a statistics and objective uh, perspective of the project with the goal of grounding us in numbers, not ruling our decisions by numbers, but at least get grounding us and, and paying attention to it. So. Uh, I'll run through overall and core, and then we'll hand it off to Katni for the libraries and Melissa for Blinka. So overall, we had 20 pull requests merged from 14 different authors. Um, Flame Eyes, I think, is relatively new. Gadgetoid is new, and I'm very excited. Uh, Gadgetoid is part of Pimeroni, which is cool, um, for Alfred. Uh, so thank you to all those folks who are authors, uh, 14 different authors for those 20 pull requests. And we had nine reviewers. So thank you to all our reviewers. I think that number is growing, which is great. The more reviewers we have, the more authors we can support. So uh, if you want to start reviewing, please reach out. We'd love to get you ramped up on that. And then uh, issues-wise, overall, uh, we had 11 closed issues by eight people and 21 opened by 15 people. So we were net up 10 uh, which is kind of a lot for us, um, but you know we're growing as a project. Let's uh, keep an eye on that. We don't want to grow infinitely because then we'll be a project with like thousands of open issues. Um, so if you can, if you want to volunteer and take some time, uh, please go through issues and let us know things that we've already fixed or things that you can't replicate. That's very, very, very helpful. Uh, overall, uh, the project's growing, which is great. We're seeing new contributors and new folks come in every day. Uh, so as a, as a group who's already here, let's uh, continue to support those new folks and bring more folks in. Um, on the core side, we're looking at a beta release, hopefully today. And on the library side, we're just starting to create more libraries as Adafruit ramps up uh, introducing new hardware. And then on the Blinka side, I think Melissa's just been rocking, uh, adding new boards as people contribute to those to Blinka and keeping the circuitpython.org up to date as well. So thanks to all those folks. And let's talk core. 
Um, on the core side, uh, we had eight pull requests merged from seven different authors. Uh, we had five reviewers. Uh, thanks to those reviewers, Arturo182, I think, is a relatively new reviewer along with DL Codes. So thank you to those two. And uh, we have 12 open pull requests where the oldest one is 51 days old. Uh, this is an improvement since the last time we talked uh, because I did close the issue about um, the Nano 33 and including some libraries there. It just doesn't have the space because it doesn't have Spy Flash. Um, Issues-wise, we had four closed issues by four people and eight open by five people. So we're net up four for a total of 309 open issues. Uh, hopefully, as we get through the ESP32 S2 uh, port, we'll be able to knock some of those out. And um, Lucian's doing a nice job knocking some IMX ones out as well. So I'm not too worried about that number. We should see it go down over time. And then uh, on the milestone side, which we can also use as a proxy for like how good we've been at triaging issues as they come in, we have 11 issues not assigned a milestone, assuming Dan hasn't gone through them, which he's done before, right before the meeting. Uh, but those are always good to look at and assign a milestone just so that we know that we've looked at it and kind of gauged whether it's something we need to do urgently or something we can do in the longer term. Um, <laughs> nice. Nice, Lucian. Uh, okay, and that's it for the core. Let's go on to libraries with Katni. Hello. So uh, this is across all of the CircuitPython libraries. We aggregate this info um, from every Adafruit underscore CircuitPython underscore library. And uh, overall, uh, we had 12 pull requests merged by eight different authors, um, including uh, FlameEyes and Gadgetoid, and um, seven different reviewers. So thanks to everyone who was involved in that. The oldest pull request that we merged was 22 days. We are currently at 33 open pull requests. Again, the oldest is 518 days, but the original author of that one is slowly working on it, so we are still working with them. Um, we had four issues closed by three people and 12 open by nine people. So uh, we have... Um, we're up, but I know um, some of the issues that have been filed are getting handled very quickly. Um, so that's totally fine and good to see. If you're interested in all this information, um, you can get to it at circuitpython.org contributing, which if you are looking to contribute, that's an excellent place to start. Um, you'll find all the open PRs, all the open issues, and uh, library infrastructure issues. Um, which the issues, uh, we have a number of them labeled good first issues. So if you are looking for something that is more a beginner level thing, we have some of that available. Um, and if you're looking for something more difficult, we have plenty of that as well. Uh, you can search by labels. So good first issue, bug, enhancement, etc., and find something that interests you. And we have a guide on working with Git and GitHub. And also we are perfectly happy to help you get started with that. So don't let that part intimidate you or keep you from um, contributing to the project. Um, we have 173 open issues total, and all of those will be listed on that site. Uh, in terms of library updates, we have one new library this week, the AHTX0, which covers the AHT10 and AHT20 sensors. Um, there's also a new guide for that. We, the AHT20 is in the shop right now. And we had a few updated libraries that I won't um, list off individually. And that's where we are with the libraries. 
Awesome. Thank you, Katney. All right. Next up, we have Melissa with Blinka update. Hello. Let's see here. Okay. There we go. Um, yeah. So with Blinka, we which is our uh, our CircuitPython library compatibility layer for single board computers such as the Raspberry Pi, uh, we had zero pull requests merged by zero authors and zero reviewers. Uh, there is one open pull request uh, that's been open for zero days, and there are were three uh, closed issues by three people and one open by one person, leaving a net of 23 open issues. Uh, there were 2,503 PyPI downloads in the last week, and we currently are supporting 52 boards. Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah. All right, next up we have hug reports. Uh, as we talked about earlier, this is a section where we get a chance to say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing in the world abroad and within the sphere of CircuitPython. Uh, we do this as a round robin, so I will start and then we'll go down the list from me and then circle back to the top. You'll hear people scrolling uh, as we go along. Uh, kind of rules of the road for round robin. Um, we do, this is meeting is being recorded so if you're lurking let us know and i will skip over you if you don't want to speak but do have notes uh please put them in the notes doc and i'll read them off that uh includes if you're not able to make the meeting so uh i will read those off uh as i get to them and otherwise i'll call on you and give you a chance to say uh, uh shout outs and thank yous to the folks that you want to let me scroll 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 and start off after I take a time code. Uh, first and foremost, a thank you to Lomar and Phil for continually supporting everyone at Adafruit. Uh, for me in particular, giving me the time to run with the electioncal.us stuff and get a V0 up and going. I'll talk more about that later. Um, thank you to uh, Alvaro, Fetty2, who goes by Fetty2, MS Costi, and Suviu for help with electioncal.us. Uh, there's a GitHub link there if you want to support it. it uh, the, I should just say, the idea is to provide a website that provides iCalendar files and other sorts of files uh, with important election-related dates to folks in the U.S. because it is a patchwork across the U.S. for how what the deadlines are and how to do things and all that. Um, so I was working on that last week, and I'll... <laughs> not doing... This is not my status update. Uh, an another hug report to Hire Effect for um, quickly fixing issues with the IMX RT port, uh, specifically the Teensy uh, for the next beta release, which I hope to get out today. And a uh, hug report as well to Artero 182 for the review and merge on that fix for Teensy. Uh, and lastly, a uh, hug report to Dave Putz uh, for looking into the ESP32 S2 sleep time issue. Uh, I was super, I'm always happy to see uh, Dave chime in on issues that uh, I'd love to somebody to look at uh, and so i'm looking forward to looking at the pr uh for that fix today as well and with that uh let's go to v923z okay thanks scott uh, so for this week i have only a group hug although i would definitely like to <clears throat> acknowledge the effort of those who make sure that uh, the whole adafruit community stays uh, a sane island and i i think it at in times like this, it's it's extremely important to have a platform where um, civilized and and um, um, constructive discussions can take place. So thanks for that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you to all our moderators. They've been working extra hard um, and doing a good job. So thank you, Zoltan. Next up, we have text from Anecdata. Uh, Anecdata says, uh, Hug reports Jerry N for quickly jumping in to test a Wi-Fi PR with some counterintuitive behavior and generally for doing a lot of heavy lifting with builds and testing around the ecosystem. And a group hug for everyone else. All right, next up we have Brent. Hello, um, hug report to Adafruit for their continued mission and expanding it to support everybody and just doing the right thing in general. Um, Patrick, uh, Xorbit, um, he added some really cool features to the CircuitPython Ethernet library and dug pretty deep into it and fixed a bug that was plaguing more than one person. Uh, to Anecdata and Jerry for testing and finding uh, some like low power stuff within the ESP32 spy unit firmware. Um, I haven't looked at it, and then I just looked at Anecdata's note, and he said it's a counterintuitive behavior, so I have to look at that again. And then a group hug to the community. Awesome. Thank you, Brent. All right, next up we have notes from Carter. Uh, Carter says, uh, AFK for the meeting, but a group hug, and thanks to, to all for continuing to help with modding the Discord. All right. I think Carter actually did uh, some of the moderating, moderating last night when most folks were asleep. Uh, all right. Let's go to Charles. I have a group hug for everybody who... I go along with uh, what was said about the fact that this keeps me uh, keeps me from going nuts for in between uh, in between my own pro uh, own problems. Anyway, uh, it's just a general group hug, and I re I find I found the uh, I ca the uh, calendar stuff uh, from your deep dive rather interesting, Tanu. So Great. a hug for that. Thank you. Okay. That's it. Awesome. Thanks, Charles. Be well. And uh, let's go to Dan. Hello. So I'd like to thank Adafruit for, um, as you know, I've been, they've been supporting their staff in a terrific way during COVID and then also during um, the recent Black Lives Matter and other social justice things. And let's, so they've been staff, as one of their staff, they've been supporting the businesses that are around them in New York City, the local businesses who've had trouble getting PPE and they've been providing PPE for them and helping them out in technical ways and in um, other such ways. Supporting New York City, as you know, that um, uh, Lemoore is on um, a council of small business leaders in New York trying to figure out what the best thing to do is to get us out of COVID. And finally, uh, in the recent days, Adafruit for supporting justice for, for everyone, and especially supporting Black Lives Matter and um, demonstrations and amplifying things that need to be amplified in this day and age. Okay, then I'd like to thank HBLDH, who's the author of the Bleak Library, I've been, which I've been using and I've come to appreciate uh, more and more, uh, who has come up with an API that uses startlingly, diff startlingly different implementations under the covers for Mac, uh, Linux, and Windows, and has done uh, a sort of an incredible job of dealing with all of those and yet making the interface be pretty uniform at the top level. So I appreciate that. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. 
All right. Uh, Dave P is lurking, uh, but we have notes from David G, who says, uh, I should take a time code. <laughs> Uh, who says, uh, hug report to all. Uh, next up, we have Foamy Guy. Perfect. Um, this week, I would like to give a hug to uh, Adafruit for their staunch support of human rights, um, as well for just being an excellent role model for how a company uh, or an organization or really just people in general uh, should behave. Um, really appreciate all the work they've done on that front. Um, a hug as well for the ACLU of D.C., uh, District of Columbia, for taking swift and important action to protect civil liberties of individuals uh, in our nation's capital there this week. Um, and then uh, uh, for uh, KMASH 98, uh, found a bug and uh, fixed it, uh, which was around using background colors on labels, um, especially, uh, or in particular, I should say, when you're using a BDF font instead of the built-in IO font, um, and then uh, to Jeffler for uh, help with reviewing that change to the label. And then lastly, uh, just a group hug as well to the whole community. Um, definitely um, shadow the sentiments that have uh, shared previously. I, I really enjoy the uh, community. I think um, it does a, goes a long way to help, uh, you know, keeping us all kind of sane and, and together. So I do really appreciate uh, everybody for that. Awesome. Thank you, Foamy Guy. All right, next up we have Geek Guy. Are you text only? Okay, here I am. Huh? Ah, here, yeah. Are you hearing me? Yep, sounds good. Okay, Dan H for being Mr. Wizard and always having answers to my questions. Maker Melissa for supporting my development on the HT16K33 library. Jerry, for having the solution to my IC bus, I2C bus issue. That was a nasty one for me. And Tenute for his leadership and guidance in CircuitPython development and for creating ElectronCal US. And Adafruit for supporting such a great working environment and for always doing their best to do the right thing. That's it. Awesome. Thanks, Geekai. All right. Next up, we have Hire Effect. Your audio is muted. Um, so this week, thanks to uh, Scott, Mark, and Arturo for their views on uh, the IMX and STM32 fixes that went out last week, um, which were kind of my big focus for the past week. Um, to Jeff for helping report and uh, track the STM32 clock issues uh, as he's working on the SDIO and sticking with uh, the SDIO in the face of some HAL nonsense. I know from first time how annoying uh, SDM32 can be, so thanks for sticking with it. Um, thanks to uh, Jerry Needale for doing so much testing and uh, identifying uh, some really important bugs on both the IMX and the STM32. Um, it's been super helpful to, to kind of get those coming in real time uh, so that they can get fixed. Um, and then, uh, you know, along with everyone else, thanks to Adafruit for all the work that they've done over the past couple of weeks and uh, and really setting an example for, for everyone. So, yeah, that's it for me. Awesome. Thanks, Hire Effect. Next up, uh, we have a group hug from Hakuza Tuna, uh, Phil, who's in the meeting. So glad you could join us. 
next after Phil, we have uh, notes from Jason. Uh, Jason wasn't able to make the meeting, but says hug report to Tan Newt for discussion and help with the Evo CircuitPython library ideas and code. And after that, we have Jeff. Hello. I'll uh, both unmute and turn on my video, so I hope that's working. Yeah, um, your, so audio, your audio is a little loud, actually. Oh, all right. Um, is that... All right, how about there? Yeah, that's better. Great. OK, so thanks, Katni, for inviting me to help with the weekly meeting last week. Um, I'll eventually get the routine down, but you know, I, I kind of muddled through it. Thanks to JP. He's working on yet another demo with MP3s and asking me good questions and uh, making me question some of, the, some of the things. So I think we have a little improvement for him that he's testing right now. Uh, I report to Adafruit for promoting the Black Lives Matter message. Uh, to higher effect for listening to me on Friday, I was kind of, the in, kind of at the end of my patience about an STM32 problem. Um, won't get into the details, but it was uh, kind of a self-inflicted problem. And now I understand what was going on, and I can move on. Thanks to Jerry for testing my SD, code, uh, SD card code directly from the PR. Your feedback is helpful, and it reassured me that the code that was failing for me must uh, actually be working. Uh, and it was. It was... Anyway, uh, and thanks to Kmatch98 for putting up with me during the review process, especially when right at the end, instead of uh, crossing the finish line, I reviewed an outdated code and said uh, requested changes. And no, the current code was fine. I was just reviewing totally the wrong thing. And anyway, community hug. I spent most of the weekend away from actually working on CircuitPython, but I you know, still drop in on Discord and say hi to people and just look what's going on. And yeah, it's... It's a big part of the way I spend my time to just drop by and say hi to you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. All right, next up is Jerry. Hi. Um, see, uh, thanks to HeroEffect for fixing the quick fix to the Teensy board issues that came up last week. Um, it's nice to get those back in, in line. And um, Scott, for all your, all your efforts on ESP32S2. It's been fun to watch. And the moderators, this seems like every week, <laughs> but uh, they're all doing good work and it's been frustrating. So keep it up. Yeah, and hopefully our our bot changes will help some of that as well. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Next up is Katni. Hello. So hug report to Crayola for continuing to work on the LED animation library, optimizing the current code and adding new animations. Um, a hug to Cup of Coffee from Discord for finding some bugs with the LED animation library and filing an issue on GitHub. They um, grabbed it, used it, loved it, and then uh, decided to try and break it and succeeded. So that's what I love to see. Um, a hug report to community moderators on Discord. Thank you so much for keeping up with the bot onslaught and the couple of actual people issues. Um, it's... I know frustrating to deal with all of that, but for me, it's nice to wake up and find that everything's been dealt with. Um, so thank you so much for that. Uh, a group hug for those I'm forgetting. And finally, um, a hug report to Phil and Lamore for stepping up when it matters most, for giving the entire Adafruit team a voice, for taking a stand in difficult times and providing a regularly updated list of info and resources for Black Lives Matter. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. King of North is lurking, so we'll go to Crayola. 
just looking for me here. The page got really long. <laughs> it does that. Uh, so um, I report to Foamy Guy for a fast turnaround on code reviews of LED animations. Um, report to a cup of coffee from discord for creatively using the led animation and finding bugs and quirks and inspiring me more to do more with it um i'd report to catney for more led animation ideas and for the superb led wall uh, strip wall behind us <clears throat> and um to jeff eppler for chatting with me a few weeks ago about pixel grids and display io and uh to john or JP for uh, LED animation ideas as well. Awesome. Thanks, Crayola. All right, we have text from Kmatch98, who says, a hug report to Foamy Guy and Jeff Epler for label reviews and super helpful improvement suggestions. And now we have maker Melissa. Hello. Uh, let me see. Video, I guess. Okay, there. Uh, okay, I wanted to give a hug to Carter for, uh, I meant to give you a hug a couple weeks ago. Uh, your display I.O. guide uh, explaining tile grid came in really important display I.O. and a grip hug. Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. And we have notes from Mark Olson. Mark says, a hug reports to Dan H for helping out with my USB descriptor questions. Uh, and that is it. Mr. Certainly is lurking. So uh, thank you, everybody, for participating in hug reports. Uh, I think it's one of the things that makes Adafruit, who does internal hug reports, and the Adafruit community in CircuitPython uh, so special. So thank you all for participating and, and highlighting the folks that, that help uh, make the community great. Uh, next up, we have status updates. Uh, this is a chance for us to talk. Uh, do it. We do it as a round robin. It take a couple of minutes to talk about what you've been working on and what you plan on working on in the coming week. Uh, it could be all sorts of things. It could be house projects. It could be CircuitPython projects. It could be CircuitPython core, core code. It could be anything. Uh, we just want to hear what you, what's going on um, just in a minute or two. So uh, again, if you're lurking, I'll skip over you. Uh, just tell us you're lurking. If you're text only, I'll read it off. Uh, if you're in the meeting or not, I'm happy to read it off. And uh, otherwise, I'll call on you. So uh, as last time, please mute and unmute both your audio and your video if you like. Um, and we'll go from there. So let me start with myself. Um, Last week, uh, I fixed up I2C on the ESP32-S2 on my branch. I figured out there's a couple pins you really don't want to run I2C on, even the they can technically. And then I also did the pull-up check on it. So the I2C stuff should be uh, done, but I'm planning on adding uh, UART and SPY support to that as well before I, um, before I check it in. I uh, chatted with Corey. Um, who is uh, working for the Major League Hacking Organization. Uh, they're uh, one organization that organizes uh, internships with open source projects for um, fellows, as they call them. So basically, I think it's like high school and college age uh, folks looking for to get some experience. So I, uh, I volunteered to be a, a contact, a maintainer contact for them for CircuitPython. So uh, we shall hopefully see some new... 
uh, CircuitPython contributors in the next few weeks, which will be cool. Um, and if you want to help out with that, let me know. We can get you connected up with them. There's a Discord and stuff. Um, and then I got distracted. I uh, kicking around or came up with this idea to create a, ele a election date resource for folks. Uh, that's called electioncal.us. Cal short for calendar. Um, where if you're in the U.S., you can go. You could select your state. You could select your county and get uh, all sorts of different feeds. Well, right now, right now it's only iCalendar feeds, but um, I'm going to add uh, probably CSV and um, JSON feeds this week because we want to do a PyPortal Pi Portal project for it. So uh, we'll do CSV and JSON this week uh, during work time. But besides that, I'm looking forward to getting, I need to get back to the ESP32S2 stuff because this bus IO stuff is really handy and it needs to get checked in. Uh, so I'm going to go heads down, hopefully tomorrow on SPY and UART and knock that out. Um, I will stream on Friday like I've been streaming. So Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern or 2 p.m. Pacific. And uh, I'm also planning on releasing beta one today or tomorrow, probably hopefully today uh, if I can get through email and everything. So that will kind of modernize what the latest unstable release is and support some new boards that uh, haven't been out. And that's it, I think. So uh, with that, let's go on to V923Z. Uh, thanks, Scott. Um, so um, <clears throat> in the last meeting, I, I mentioned the carrier board that I wanted to create for um, for for the NRF uh, 52840. Mm -hmm. I have just uploaded three. Um, uh, three versions of this. Um, so this is this is actually for the uh, RayTag uh, module. Mm -hmm. um, exposes all um, all pins in a, in a format that's at least hand solderable. It's not still not extremely convenient, but but it's doable. It has a one millimeter pitch, mm -hmm. and um, as you see, there are there are three versions: two with um, USB connectors, and uh, the third one is the one that we discussed last week um, without the USB connector, although mm -hmm. the USB lines are actually exposed. So I I would appreciate um, any feedback, even if it's, um, well, you know, this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard, because then I know that um, I don't have to waste time on pursuing a stupid idea. Um, I have uploaded everything, all the um, uh, uh, design files to um, to, to GitHub. Uh, there's a link uh, over there. Um, at the same time, I would like to point out that there's a, a campaign uh, running right now. I have seen it in the um, crowdfunding channel, but I, I um, wanted to bring it up here. This is the uh, Brist uh, 840. Um, which does a similar job. Um, so it exposes all pins except for the ground pins. Um, therefore, it's not a, it's still not a, an entirely hand solderable mm -hmm. uh, uh, piece of hardware. And the pitch size is significantly smaller. It's 0.4 millimeters. Ooh. It's it's still doable, but um, it's not so much fun anymore. Mm -hmm. In any case, uh, this was the commercials. Uh, I am not affiliated with the project uh, in any way, but I found the piece of hardware really exciting. So, um, and, and lastly, for for this week, I, I have a, a number of um, smaller hardware and and, and software projects. Um, 
And uh, when they are hatched, I hope to to bring this to to the next meeting. Um, so this is this is it for from me for this week. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Looks cool. I that's definitely a, a space I've thought a lot about is how to make um, like parts that are hard to hand solder more solderable. I like that a lot. I think there's there's room to grow there. Okay, let's scroll up. And Anecdata and Ann B are lurking, so let's go to Brent. Uh, for my status update this week, um, last week I released uh, a version of Adafruit Phono that allows you to use any Phono module we sell on Adafruit.com to communicate uh, over uh, the internet or you can text it. Voice is missing. Um, I'll probably circle back on that later this month. I'm taking a break. And I also upgraded, well, I updated, upgraded uh, mini MQTT, which is the CircuitPython MQTT client. And you can associate topics with Python methods. So if you subscribe to a topic like a humidity sensor, you can call a method that's associated with that specific topic whenever it runs. Um, it's really useful. It's something that I wanted and is going to be useful for what I'm working on in the future. And this week, I'm working on something that's not out yet, and it's for Adafruit.io. And I'll have more specifics on it soon. Nice. Uh, can you text me which phono module I should pick up? Because I'm about to make an order, and I don't think I have any. Sure. Or like just Discord me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because I think it's cool. I, I'm excited to try your work. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Brent. All right, next up is Charles. Uh, well, my my update for this week is I went back and played around a little bit with the uh, with uh, my uh, key uh, keyboard and, and for my synth mm -hmm. and I and my knob knob box. I made a knob box, and well, I figured out a way to send. A configure uh, configuration file to the knob box to control where you know, so I could change which uh, controllers and uh, which which controllers came out of which knobs, right? And not have to remember, not have to. The whole point is not having to remember, you know, not having to reconfigure the thing right. every right. time you want to use it. And it's using uh, it's using uh, what do you call it uh, system exclusive messages. So I I might pass that on to whoever's main, uh, to whoever's maintaining the uh, the uh, MIDI stuff. Okay. I'll 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 uh, I'll Discord you to find out who to send that to, who yeah. that send it. To. Yeah, I think okay? an issue on the library is probably best. Issue or okay. pull request. Okay, an issue I think to start with to make sure. Yeah. Make sure there's nothing that somebody else wouldn't like. Yeah. In yeah, reference that... to that. It sounds handy though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you have button boxes and you, you normally what you do is you configure it for uh, by uh, clicking on something. Uh, you know signaling to the 
to the DAW, okay, which button you're configuring, and then you twiddle a knob on, on uh, twiddle a item right. on the DAW. Well, once that's done, I want I don't I don't want to have to do that over and over again. Right. Especially right. If you have twenty or thirty knobs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm excited right. to see that go by. Okay. Thanks, Charles. All right. Next up, we have Dan. Okay, I've been working almost exclusively, uh, the majority of the time on uh, BLEIO, re-implementing BLEIO using Bleak. And I now have it working on um, Linux and Windows 10. Uh, it, I've tested it with the iBarbecue thermometer and the heart rate monitor. There's a little bit more code to write to do um, Bluefruit Connect, and I'll be working on that. There have been a number of problems associated with various versions of Windows and whether certain Bluetooth dongles are supported or not. I had been using a very, like a development version of Windows and it wasn't working and I was confused, but then I switched to another box that had a different Bluetooth adapter and it worked. So that was very interesting and I now know what's going on. And it still doesn't work on Mac OS, but I'm pretty sure I know what's wrong and I, I can get it to work and probably will submit a pull request to Bleak to get it to work. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. All right. Dave P is lurking, so let's go to Foamy Guy. All right. Um, so I was fairly busy with work outside of CircuitPython this week, so I didn't get too much time uh, for fun. But the, the few things I had from my status updates was um, the display text, uh, the label PR um, that I mentioned before, doing some testing in. Um, different work on that. And then the other thing I did over this past weekend was play around with the Pi Portal. I made a, like a hamburger menu uh, style navigation um, that allows you to have a little icon in the corner and then click it and get a list of uh, other pages and then click a page and have it hide and show, um, bring up the correct page for you. Nice. Awesome. Are you going to do a guide for it or a library? Um, I had not thought of it yet, um, but I'd definitely be willing to. <laughs> Sounds really handy. I will, uh, I gotta clean it up a little bit, um, cause definitely the code leaves something to be desired at this point, but yeah, I'd definitely be interested in it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Reach out to me or Katney and we're happy to help with that. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Foamy Guy. Next up is Geek Guy. Okay, here I am. <laughs> I'm continuing to work on the multi-display support for the HT16K33 uh, library, which has turned out to be quite the large project. <laughs> I didn't think it would be this big. And I thought of two ways this could be used. Single, where the displays are used as one large display, and sequential, where the displays are kind of just cycled through for the same thing or different thing. That's it. Oh, and I want to start uh, playing with my uh, Clue and Bluford SPI friend for uh, mm -hmm. Bluetooth. I have a glucometer, glucometer that has Bluetooth, and I want to see if I can pull all the data from it. That's it. Yeah, that would be cool. Let us know how that goes. All right, next up is Hire Effect. 
Hey, so this past week, um, my big thing was rewriting the STM32 clock system. Um, there were a lot of kind of clock related bugs um, that were both older bugs and new kind of up and coming bugs, um, which were basically all the just kind of the result of some technical debt that just was, you know, old code for the STM32 clock system. So I re restructured it, rewrote it. Um, now you can do all sorts of new things with the clocks. You can override the default clock settings with custom uh, clock settings. Um, it's uh, fixed a lot of things that had to do with the low power operation. Uh, it's raised the frequency on a lot of dev boards up to their maximum. Um, so uh, in general, it, it's uh, you know made that whole section of the STM32 part a lot more stable. Um, also spent some time tracking down an issue, an old issue on the IMX uh, 1060. Uh, well, it was an old issue that was causing it, but it only came up more recently with the new reset code. Um, so uh, those are, should be working again. Um, I just got started on the RGB matrix code, which I will be adding F7 and H7 support to this week. Um, so that's uh, what's on my desk for the rest of the afternoon. Uh, and then this weekend, I uh, decanted some year-old fermented hot sauce. Uh, which turned out to be really good. So um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped up about that. I made another batch that I just got to wait another year for. <laughs> uh, and uh, I also made some hypertufa troughs. So, uh, my mom is going to like those. <laughs> um, what is that? What are hypertufa troughs? It's a mixture of concrete, uh, perlite, and peat moss. When you put it together, it turns into this very lightweight material. So I'm going to be taking some to my apartment in Austin and putting all sorts of succulent plants in them. So um, they look, but they look like rock basically. They look like stone, brass, and kind of, kind of the nice planer type thing. So oh, cool. Um, yeah, made some of those. Um, this week, I'm going to be wrapping up my RGB matrix work. I'm going to be doing some other overdue fixes for the F7 and H7 while I'm working on that. Um, and then uh, on the IMX end, hopefully getting in the 1050 series, uh, which should just be tweaking of an existing PR that, that kind of got left behind. Um, tracking down uh, an issue with SPI that just turned up, working on Pulse.io maybe, because <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff on the docket here. Um, but uh, one thing I definitely do want to do this week is submit my uh, Dynamixel servo motor library, which uh, brought on uh, show and tell and wrote a whole library for, and then completely forgot to submit to the library bundle, community bundle. So um, hopefully that'll be in this week. And that is it for me. Awesome. Thanks, Hire Effect. That hot sauce sounds delicious. <laughs> All right. Very delicious. Bye. <laughs> All right, Hakuza Tuna is uh, lurking, and Jason P has no update. So let's go to Jeff. All right, well, I'm salivating for hot sauce, like uh, a number of you are. <laughs> but uh, last week, uh, I was doing primarily the SDIO SD card work on STM32, which is very alliterative with the S's. Mm -hmm. uh, I fixed some uh, lurking bugs in, uh, it was in Audio Mixer? helped out some Adafruit people internally with MP3 questions and changed what Make Translate does. It should reduce the merge conflicts with WebLite. Um, this week, I will be working on the SDIO SD card interface on a SAMD51. 
I've got a Grand Central wired to a makeshift SD card breakout. And so far, it's just been writing boilerplate to move towards having a bus IO style object that encapsulates the bus, getting the actual pin management correct, um, instead of just kind of skirting around that and ignoring it like I did on STM because we knew we had one defined port right there on the board. Um, and I know that I need to get back to a pull request for adding a translation section on the contributing page of circuitpython.org. That had gotten stuck because the, um, the image that everybody preferred was the one that's kind of a bar graph of the different languages and their degree of translation. And one of our translation names is shown very long. Um, it's the Chinese translation and it's uh, Chinese simplified Latin pinion or something. And anyway, it overfilled the image. And I filed a bug with WebLate and they fixed it very quickly. And then the fix went live on the website later last week. So now I can update the pull request to have that image. And um, then hopefully we can get it merged. And hopefully that will bring in some more people. The WebLate uh, translations were coming in really fast at first, but now they've kind of tapered off as um, maybe the, the pent up desire to work on translations has worn off. So if we can figure out more ways to uh, promote that, that would be good. Uh, in other fun stuff, my wife has asked for a 3D printed part for her rainwater capture system. Uh, I kept telling her it needs to be in metric, but it's in inches, it's just a box. So it'll be doable except for how it stands up um, in the weather conditions, which you know will get up to 100 plus Fahrenheit and it'll be in the sun and all that fun stuff. Hmm. So. Anyway, you know, keep them busy, the usual. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Next up, we have Jerry. Uh, yeah, let's see. So I spent a bunch of time playing with the, the, the Teensy boards, uh, the, especially the, trying to do so with the 4.1 and found out that it had been broken for actually for quite a while. Uh, so spent some time scratching my head trying to figure out why. And well, I didn't figure out why, but and Hyrefect luckily fixed it all and it, they're all working well now. So back to playing with those. Um, um, but in, in the middle of doing that, I started also trying out. I finally, I've had one of these IMIRX 1010 evaluation kits for a long time, and I hadn't used it. So finally, and again, uh, thanks to uh, Higher Effect for helping me get started on it, um, got it working. But then I found out um, that it's got really limited memory. So um, I was a little puzzled by that. And then, Scott, you suggested well freezing in the um esp32 um, what i wanted to do is put a, an airlift on it and so i did built a version with the frozen in library and it didn't work and i really couldn't understand it it's just the spi just wasn't working and so really got puzzled and it after a lot of head scratching and playing around with things i discovered that it only works if you use chip select on d10 which hmm. um again uh, higher effects looking into it it yeah, doesn't make any sense to me but it it finally worked when I did that. Although, for the, since you have to use a bunch of other GPIO pins for the airlift, um, you need a ready line and a, um, um, a, uh, a reset line. And again, those two, if I put them on sort of random pins, it, they would not work. Hmm. Finally, I found a set of pins that worked. So I filed an issue on it on that to report it all. But so there's something going on there that you know not all pins are created equal. <laughs> yep. Um, but it, it actually did work finally, um, got it up and running and, um, that was, that was kind of nice to see. So there, there's hope. Um, and then let's see if I, oops, I lost my, uh, 
you know, put up a couple of pictures here. I, my other outside projects was I painted my cat cage and the, um, the cat cage is an outdoor enclosure. Our cats can go into from the basement and hang out. But, uh, finally decided to paint it to match the house. <laughs> and the bottom picture is our baby birds. They're growing up They're Uh, they hatched a, a week ago and they, um, this is the picture of what the mother sees when they, she flies into the nest, <laughs> always open mouths looking up at her <laughs> and, uh, Another another week and they'll be gone. So uh, it's been fun to watch them watch them grow. Wow, that's quick. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jerry. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Katney. All right. So last week, began porting the AHTX zero Arduino library to Circuit Python, and then handed that back over to Lamore due to timing. Um, we wanted to get that. Uh, out quicker than I was going to be able to, so she took over. Um, so I wrote the guide for it. Um, also had a fritzing party, created nine fritzing objects, um, two of them feather wings, so rather complicated ones. <laughs> um, that's done. Uh, the only thing is to add um, some uh, product information to them once they're actually in the shop, because I the reason that I did so many at once was we decided to get ahead on stuff that we have coming out. So if you uh, want a sneak peek, uh, check out the Fritzing library. Um, you'll find some stuff that's not in the shop yet. Um, recorded the newsletter recap video. Uh, we did some different timing on that last week for obvious reasons. Um, so that was done this weekend and will be posted sometime soon. So if um, it won't, as far as I know, it won't be on um, ask an engineer this week the one for this week will be but the one for last week will not so if that's something you want to catch up with um got you have to actually go watch the video yourself um so this week is library monday um today already i updated example names and a read the docs link on one lib filed an issue to update example names on another which i just saw an email go by requesting a review on that library from the person that i tagged on the issue so i'm assuming that that issue is actually fixed and I did a release on a lib to get it deployed to PyPI. Um, is it just me, or is there no way to rerun a job in Actions? Um, because, like in Travis, you could go in if the job had failed, you can just rerun the job. And I couldn't find one on the on that library for Actions yeah. for the um, deploy. So I just created a new release, and it was fine. Yeah, um, everything worked. Jeff says um, not if it succeeded. And I've had oh okay I, part of it succeeded so maybe that's why I've had bad success with it anyway so doing a new release is totally fine okay well that's what I ended up going with um so let's see uh, record the newsletter recap vid tomorrow um, this week I'm going to update the code of conduct to remove the individual usernames of moderators and update it to refer to community moderators as a whole um. We currently have in there, please send direct messages to, and it's a list of like six people. Um, and that's, that's goofy. Uh, it just makes sense to say, you know, send a message to anybody who's on the list. So to that end, um, some people um, are going to be put into a new role that's just Adafruit folks um, who aren't active moderators. And that way, people aren't getting pinged with moderation issues that um, aren't available to handle them. So that's a change that's going to happen uh, this week or next. Um, I'm going to be updating a guide with the Featherwing version of it. Um, I only have part numbers. I didn't actually look up what they were, so I don't know what it is. It'll be a surprise to me. <laughs> um, 
there's uh, two of the fritzing objects I had. Um, I have part numbers for them, so I can update those. Still going to need product copy. And then I'm going to be working on CircuitPython um, issue 2962, which is the VID PID checker. Um, taking a look at that and making some judgment calls on duplicate um, PID VIDs on boards. Um, and that's what I've got going on. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. All right. Next up, we have notes from KMatch98. So let me do that. KMatch98 says, uh, updated label function for improving background coloring with padding options. Further improvements to reduce memory labels using TextMap library, including support for built-in fonts. Added code block handling to mark down parser slash renderer. Cool. I hadn't seen that. Uh, created a rolling Sparkline demo for CircuitPython. And other topics, uh, finished a design slash print of a print-in-place box lid with, with twist knob closure latches, exploring concepts and limits for a design of print-in-place of mechanical structures. Interesting. That's way beyond me. All right. Uh, next up is Crayola. Uh, so it's been a while since I joined the weekly. <clears throat> I've been busy working on LED animations and um, <clears throat> pushed a fix a week ago for pixel buffs so that it behaves better with RGBW strips by allowing you to assign um, three element um, or uh, RGB values to an RGBW and it just works so that made the animations just work with RGBW strips. And uh, this week, I have a few outstanding branches on LED animations that I'll be sending in PRs for, including some bug fixes and code cleanup. Um, I just finished working on a pixel grid, which is um, in for LED animation that lets you easily do 2D animations. Um, what it does is it automatically maps multiple pixel maps into the grid and allows you to address it via um, either a tuple of XY or um, double subscripting with X and Y. Um, and I'm working on a few sample 2D animations inspired by various people's feedback. And then um, the next change that I would be looking at for LED animations is to figure out how to handle backgrounds better uh, based hmm. on uh, requests as well. Awesome. And happy to have you, Crayola. Thanks for joining in. All right. Next up is Maker Melissa. Hello. Hello. Uh, last week, I worked on updating the Adafruit 3D model viewer to work with the BNO 055 and show calibration information. Uh, I And I uh, wrote a little guide page for it as well. Uh, I wrote a learn guide for the OLED bonnet. Um, I fixed an issue with Arduino display not working in certain rotations. And I reviewed lots of pull requests. I feel like there's something else that I did, but I can't recall. <laughs> I feel yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, to this... remember after you're done. Yeah, probably. Uh, this week I'm going to be working on some. I'm working on some Arduino display issues and pull requests. Uh, I'll likely be continuing display I/O porting for Blinka, uh, and I'll possibly be working on adding a, a nine-dot sensor calibration script, uh, so it's easier to do with just the Pi. Cool. And that's it. Awesome. Thanks, Melissa. And thank you, everybody, for the status updates. Uh, last but not least, we have In the Weeds. Uh, in the Weeds is a section where we get to talk about whatever we want to talk about. 
in terms of CircuitPython. Uh, this is often questions and comments and like decisions that we want to kind of make towards the community. Uh, so first and foremost, I'm going to kick it over to Foamy Guy. All right, yeah, um, well, probably a pretty quick one, um, but it's to do with the docs. So um, oftentimes uh, I find myself um, using Google or, or um, the, the chat room or something. I end up, I find the docs link, I click it, I go through to there, and then I start reading. And then um, usually what happens for me is I notice something weird in the API, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that worked like that, or oh, I thought um, this had a thing and I don't see it listed or something like that. Something about the API stands out to me, and then I go back and realize, uh, oops, I'm looking at you know the 4.1x or 3.x or one of the older versions of the docs. So um, the the main question I think is, uh, do we feel like it would be beneficial to? Uh, I know we have a warning there, but for for some reason it it just doesn't catch my eye. Um, so the question is, do we we think it'd be beneficial to try to stick that warning into your face a little bit more, either? making it a bolder color, uh, or perhaps even having it follow you down the page as you scroll or something like that. Um, just a way to make it uh, really, really, really apparent when you are looking at one of the out-of-date docs pages. Mm -hmm. um, that way you don't get far down the road of um, whatever you're trying to find, you realize that it might not be relevant. Right. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. And I, I would suggest making uh, an issue on CircuitPython where we can talk about it. I think one person I'd like to pull in is Summersoft, who's done some of that work. Um, and would have, yeah. I think, a better idea than than me, at least, on it. Um, the other thing is there might be some settings that we can set under the hood to, like, discourage search result, uh, search engines from publishing, like, old versions, um, which we want to leave so that links work, but maybe, like, prevent the crawler from finding them or something. It's a tight line because it's nice to, to, to something. I I definitely rather um, Google give me a four dot x link than nothing. Um, right. Yeah. So yep, I will uh, I'll make an issue then on the uh, the circuit Python repo. Awesome. Yeah, that would be great. Um, okay, let's go to v nine two three z. Okay, thanks, Scott. So I think my question is really easy. The solution might be more difficult. Um, <clears throat> how can I uh, fork uh, CircuitPython and MicroPython at the same time? So the, uh, the, the, the context is that um, I still have a pending request, a pull request uh, at MicroPython, so mm -hmm. that, therefore I can't yank uh, my fork. But um, um, I would from time to time like to 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 issue a pull request at circuit python namely um, moment uh, at the moment um uh, jeff has to take over all the all the micro lab related stuff because right. i can't pull uh, mm -hmm. i can't can't do a pull request to to circuit python at the moment yeah. so um the question is if if there is a way to to somehow fix it um, yeah so uh it's so fork is a concept that github has right it's not actually a git concept um and micropython and CircuitPython are are technically like the same repository in the the sense that like all the commits are right. interrelated so what you can do is you can actually just add CircuitPython as another remote locally and you can push CircuitPython branches to your micropython 
GitHub. Okay. And the only thing that's a pain is that if you are on your version of the repository and make a pull request, it defaults to MicroPython. But you can, and it's usually really slow because there's a whole a ton of commits. But you can change mm-hmm. the base, and then you can make a pull request on on Adafruit CircuitPython. Um, okay, uh, and will the um, the checks uh, check out properly? So um, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So like, if you yeah. lo- if you look at my personal one, it's actually a fork of MicroPython. It's not a fork of CircuitPython. Okay. Um, so I, I I'm in the same position. Uh, and the, the last suggestion I would have is if you use, like I use GitHub to create the pull requests. If you go to github.com slash Adafruit slash CircuitPython and it shows the yellow box that like says, oh, you just pushed to this branch. Like mm-hmm. if you do create pull requests from there, then it's based on the correct okay. base, I think. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yep. I, I have one thing extra to say about that, which is that at least in Scott's repo, I'm not sure if it might be true of yours too, but you have to make sure you're not going to pick up the tags from CircuitPython automatically necessarily. So you might want to do uh, pull minus minus tags okay. uh, explicitly. So just be aware of, to make sure that you have the latest CircuitPython tags when you're planning to do something like build or okay. something. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, thanks, Dan. All right. I think that's it. It's a little confusing, but yeah, it's doable. Uh, okay, next up we have Crayola. Um, so yeah, I started talking with Jeff about this uh, a while ago, um, mm-hmm. and it's the idea of getting Display.io to work on RGB matrices, really, but they, they actually act as strips. Um, and Part of that is the well to be able to draw text with the standard stuff on there, but also shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like a good fit, especially even though they're pretty low resolution. Right. Um, and Jeff had some ideas on how to proceed on that, but I, I don't think I will have the time to do it. I'm just wondering what we can, or if there's any, if, if you think it's actually easy to do, or if we should be changing um, a bit about how Pixel Buff works to make that easier. Jeff. <laughs> At this point, I've like handed it off to Jeff. Um, so I kind of felt like it was, well, there was one part that wasn't clear in my mind, and that is all of these strips are kind of in the 24-bit color world, mm-hmm. and a lot of display I.O. is in the 16 bits per pixel uh, world. So whether there's any problems that result from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, what I hope is that the uh, frame buffer I.O. stuff I added would let display I.O. put the pixel values in a memory buffer, and then we would just stream that out to the NeoPixels. Mm-hmm. The main wrinkle that uh, I started to understand while talking uh, to Crayola was that, um, like in, in the case of the banner that's behind him and Katni, they go in alternating directions. And so the mapping of the frame buffer is not... Uh, simple, like we thought it was. It's not uh, a direct and linear thing. Right. And so uh, what I did was I created a pull request to add a new uh, method of the frame buffer protocol, which is called put pixel span, um, which takes a contiguous group of pixels that are on one row as far as the matrix is 
concerned. Mm -hmm. And of course, you've got the flips and the rotates to make sure that row is the way you need it. Right. And then it can put it. And then we default that to just the existing mem copy that we have. Right. Um, so I don't know who can budget time to do it. I'm happy to do it if somebody assigns that to me. But you know, SDIO has kind of been on my plate for for weeks now, and I right. also really like to come to some kind of point of completion on that. Right. And of course, I I don't know a hundred percent that the groundwork we have is really going to one hundred percent serve what we need for doing the pixel strips. Right. Yeah. I, if I if I had to guess. My guess is that we're maybe like three months out and kind of basically I'm thinking Jeff will do it. I think <laughs> I think what's going to happen is I think Jeff's going to finish SD card. And I know that um, Phil B is actively working on camera stuff. So Phil B is doing camera on SAMD 51 uh, with the goal of learning it for Arduino and creating a library in a very similar way to RGB matrix was done. So I'm kind of expecting, if I had to guess, I would guess Lamore will go to Jeff once Phil's be, Phil B's done and say, can you wrap this for CircuitPython? Mm -hmm. and then yeah, I, that's definitely been on the discussions. Yeah, so I would expect that to happen. And I think a natural thing after that is doing the 24-bit uh, parallel display stuff, which I think is a time where you can then circle back and do the pixel buff, pixel buff RGB matrix or pixel buff display AO stuff as well. Kind of what yeah. you're, when you're back in that mode, um, and there are similar problems or or uh, things that you have to deal with at that point as well. Uh, of yeah. like how how the frame buff underlying API evolves. Sort of related to the sort of the order of the strips. Um, so there in the animation stuff, I added uh, a Python based pixel mapping capability, which I then ended up using for the pixel grid. Mm -hmm. And wanted to ask if that actually is something that would be better in a, like either algorithmic or um, uh, passed in a map, like give add pixel mapping to pixel buff so you can change the order um, and then maybe even also add X, Y addressing to it because it wouldn't be that difficult to do. Right, right. Yeah, I, I I would say I'm open to it. I think the challenge is that like because we've chosen to make pixel buff in a lot of the small builds i think mm -hmm. that's gonna be pretty difficult and maybe we'll, we'll want to think about having like another separate module that can work in tandem with pixel buff and and one thing to think about is maybe actually like talking with i mean zoltan's on the call as well like maybe there's a place where we tie ulab and or or make ulab and pixel buff work better together as well because <laughs> ulab is microlab's good for doing mass editing and stuff yeah i was actually going to consider talking about that after um because i've been seeing microlab there and i really want to use it <laughs> i know so right and, um that actually leads well into my next question okay uh, unless we have any more on rgb no go ahead i'll take a time code and keep keep rolling so um the next thing which is very much related to the last comment you made about maybe having a different spot we put them um, there's a bunch of things hey Jeff, can you mute when you're not talking? Oh, yeah, sorry. Your keyboard's loud. A um, bunch of things that um, I've wanted to do in Pixel or with the animations, like or I need to do frequently, which is like brightness adjustment, or it'd be nice to do a gamma, 
or to do various other common operations and uh, do them much more quickly than doing them in Python. Right. Uh, which leads into some of the fast lead stuff and palettes and um, then also some of the fancy lead stuff. Right. Whether it belonged in pixel buff or not, or if we had somewhere else that those could live. Right. Yeah, I, th I, yeah, it's exactly what, kind of what we were talking about. I was like, I don't know if we have the space for it to fit in pixel buff natively, uh, because we want it on the M zeros, right? Like we want fast neo pixels on the M zeros. So I would say, like, if we can't figure out an easy way to interface Microlab with it, uh, then a then a third native library, like maybe actually fast LED again, <laughs> like, uh, would be awesome. Uh, yeah, either fast lead or um, like, do we have gamma adjustment or any of those capabilities elsewhere in CircuitPython? I don't think so. Not that I know of. So the color manipulation stuff may be good to have elsewhere anyway, because it's something that would benefit a lot of projects. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, the only reason we have fancy LED is that it wasn't fast. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. that's why we called it fancy instead of fast. So if we can yeah. make fast LED, I think everybody would be excited. Um, and sort of the last question related to that concept, is it worth looking at the idea of having a object that is a color, um, or is it best to stick with the native representations? That's a good question. I would, I would take a look at, like the Arduino land, but I would also take a look at what was possible in like proper Python and, and just see if there's somewhere in between that you can land. Uh, but I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I guess the challenge is if you make a, if you make it a pro proper object internally, we'll have to do some fanciness. Yeah. And it may be slower than what we have yeah. now. Yeah. But maybe, maybe we just fake it. Yeah. That's where I think ULab and, or, and um, a color helper and making pixel buff work with that could probably solve a lot of those problems. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, totally open to it. I think, you know, as you know, lots of people want to do blinky stuff and they want to do it quickly. And that's a hurdle for a lot of people coming from Arduino. So uh, totally open to it, you know, with the caveat that we've got to be able to fit stuff in. Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, otherwise, cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Crayola. Okay, last up, I, re I realized that um, there was something that I saw on Twitter last night. Um, with the Black Lives Matter discussion, there has been, I saw last night on Twitter, some renewed discussion about the terms master and slave uh, when it comes to electronics, because it has a history in slavery. Um, so uh, what I proposed, uh, and what I saw Scott Hanselman actually uh suggest is renaming master master branches to main branches. Um, I don't think that has a huge impact on everything we're doing, uh, but I I would like to rename CircuitPython master to CircuitPython main because it's a better name. <laughs> like uh, it's a better name for all of it. So that should be pretty straightforward. Like it's just creating a new branch tag and then protecting it just like master. Um, and then when you make up like all the existing pull requests, we'll just like you can just change the branch that they're going into and I would just change that to main instead of master. And so they should all be able to live. Um, the one thing that folks will have to be aware of is if they forked and they have a master branch, 
that will like will no longer update the master branch and it will I'll, I'll just straight up delete it after we're moved over um of course all the commits live because branches are just names to commit like chains um but yeah so i'm getting some thumbs up um if you have any concerns about it or um if you have any things that we need to consider in terms of tooling um then let me know uh i may break stuff but uh maybe i'll do the beta release and then do it <laughs> just to make sure but i i think so uh scott yep make sure you also update any uh uh guides guides that uh, talk about how how you use git git within circuit python also so that, right so that people don't get confused yep yeah i think that's it's, it. I, I I, think it's worth that it. was a geek factor otherwise <laughs> it's a what raise, raise the eek factor uh-oh I do. I said it to it disappeared type thing. Right, right. Uh, Higher Effect brings up, uh, I'm a little concerned about the effect on beginners since all tutorials on Git refer to master. Um, that kind of makes sense, but I think master is actually hampered by the idea that it's a special name when it's really just a name. Um so I think I think actually not having a master branch could actually force or like improve people's uh, understanding of, of branch names. Um, I definitely so. get that from from like a standard. So like I would definitely prefer if the standard for Git in general was to use main instead of master because I think that 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 makes sense to me. Right. Um, from from a naming perspective, I, I this is more just a cautioning that I think yeah. that in general people do refer especially with git because it gets a mess um refer to online tutorials for things like rebasing and merging a lot mm -hmm. and uh and if we start using a different name for the primary branch um you know, users who are interested who are you know caught anything that they copy paste uh they're gonna have to change right uh they have to recognize that that is the difference in the first place they may mm -hmm. have to research our documentation on uh, on the difference, I, it, it, it's just um, it could definitely make things complicated for beginners. I feel so. I, I just yeah. think that that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point. I also think that it's worth it <laughs> to change it anyway. Um, and I, 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 I also hope that like it's not just us that will do this. Like maybe all those tutorials will actually get re rewritten. Um, and yes, as Crayola points out, we could actually uh, put a placeholder, basically, uh, to explain it. Uh, but we can change the default branch on GitHub. So we like the if you just go to Adafruit slash CircuitPython on GitHub, you would get just the main branch instead of the master branch. Um, but yeah, so anybody who tries to check out the master branch, we could put a renamed, and that's a good good idea. All right. And uh, Jerry did ask about any plans to change the terminology in I2C. Uh, yeah, this is a discussion I had on one of my streams. Uh, main and secondary are what ways to do it. Um, I think it's uh, worth doing. I think it's worth thinking about. Uh, it's definitely trickier because it's 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 also tricky for the, a similar reason to what HireFX talking about. Of like, there's a lot of documentation that calls it master and slave. 
Um, and there's, I'll have to look it up again, but there's definitely like a long conversation from like a number of years ago on some project that I can't remember about changing terminology that, uh, has lots of really good resources. So, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of board silk screens have MOSI and MISO though. And is if we do main and secondary, as Dan has pointed out, those will still apply actually. Um, but yeah, it's, it's worth thinking about, um, even if it takes some time to, to implement. All right. So my takeaway is that like, yes, we, yes, we should do it, but we should also just make sure that, um, for we're realizing the, 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 the impact of it. <laughs> if you change anything in iSkirtsy, then I'd also like to move spectrogram from the extras module. <laughs> Main and master subsidiary. You could also do uh, main and sub subsidiary. Terms I've also seen that don't have the, the same, like primary, secondary uh, host device is something that's used in some case, cases as well. Yeah. All right, I think I think we've had a good discussion on this. Um, I'll I'll create an issue just to document it for people to find, um, and then we can chime in there too. And that's where we can catalog like things that need to be updated. Cool. All right, I don't see any more in the weed stuff, so let's wrap up. We're getting right up to our uh, hour and a half. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I thought of it and I'm glad that I saw uh, Scott's tweet about it last night. I think it's a good idea. Um, okay, so this has been the CircuitPython Weekly for June 8th. Uh, thank you to everybody who took the time uh, both to participate in our meeting actively and also those folks who are listening to this after the fact. The meeting has been recorded. It gets posted on the Adafruit YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Adafruit. We also slurp the audio out of it and place that on uh, podcast feeds if, if podcasts are your thing. Uh, that's one way you could listen. I've been taking, well, everybody collaboratively works on a notes document that goes along with those recordings. That includes time codes so that you can skip through if you want to relive or, or listen to any particular parts of the meeting. Um, this meeting happens uh, regularly at on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Adafruit Discord server, which is adafru.it slash discord. We'll be there. We're on there all week. Uh, if you want to join in to this awesome community, that's uh, one way to do it. And uh, CircuitPython development is supported by Adafruit, so please order stuff from adafruit.com if you want to see it continue. Um, Next week, I think we're on uh, for our standard Mondays. Uh, and uh, if you want to be notified about note stocks links and any alter alternations is not the right word, uh, adjustments to the time, um, please ask us to be added to the CircuitPythonistas role on Discord. Um, we will uh, be able to, that's what we ping with those that information. Uh, so you'll get notified of all the latest updates. And I think that's it. Uh, until we chat again next week, we'll see you all on Discord. Uh, thank you, everybody, for being awesome. 
and uh, CircuitPython has become an awesome project because of all of you. So have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone. You're welcome. Have a good week. Thanks, everyone.